Yo, it's Brian. Welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Um, like I said in the last episode intro, I'm kind of slowly getting back into releasing these. I've been very lazy, seasonally depressed. Um, but you know, we're good. I'm sure everybody, well not everybody, but a lot of people can probably relate to that. And uh, I did this episode a while ago and I actually decided to put it out. It's Calling All Captains is uh, one of the bigger bands, numbers-wise, that I've had on the show. And from Canada, and I love talking to people from Canada uh, for stereotypical, you know, I love hockey and I love their accents type reasons. <laughs> I love their uh, dialect. We talked to, to Luke, though, from Calling All Captains, and we talked a lot about, like, the mechanics of singing and, you know, taking care of your voice. So I think there's, like, a lot of actually good information for artists on this episode, so I think it's definitely worth taking a full listen um, and check out their music. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably know who they are. Um, but if you don't, check them out. Calling All Captains. It's very um, advanced, like, pop punk uh, kind of music. It's, it's good. It's good. Trust me. Um, we talk a lot about it. So give it a listen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please share. Please follow us on social media at Invite the Neighbors Pod, wherever you look. Um, and yeah, that's it. Hope you guys are doing good. Hopefully no one's sick with COVID, even though everyone probably is. And thank you for listening. Fucking idiot. So they're gone. Oh, thanks, Craig. Oh, you know Craig, huh? No, I don't know Craig, but I know him now. I know him now. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, he's a nosy little boy. He loves, he loves hanging out. Oh, you're good, dude. <laughs> I was making um weird hyperpot beats. Don't mind me. Hyperpot beats? Yeah. You're gonna have to explain that, dude. I don't I've never heard that term before. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Well, you know. I'm kind Okay, of don't worry about don't worry about it. It's 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 what the kids are listening to these days. Oh really? Yeah. It's uh, it's honestly it's gotten a really big wave over the past like year and a half, two years since the pandemic. But there's artists like Glaive, um, Breakins, Sophie, a bunch of others that have been just like pioneering new sounds. So like, <laughs> it's oh, like, <laughs> yeah. But you pair that with like cool synths. Like, what is what is these like? Yeah, I don't know. You ever heard of the? You ever heard of Hundred Gex? Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, I've been I've been okay. warned. Oh, that's that's hyperpop. Oh, okay, okay. Just like yeah. really aggressive pop auto tune. Yeah, nice. yeah. Oh, I get that. Yeah, I've been I've been like warned away from 100 Gex just because like uh, I, I've been told that I would really hate it, but I don't know if I would. I think I might I might. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> I think it kind of is. I don't I don't like feeling these intense negative emotions towards music because it makes me feel old. You know, so no, you know what? Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It's like, don't man. Okay. hundred decks and all this new, sh- new music is like keeping me f- so alive and fresh. I did my, I did my Apple wrapped for this year and there's not one yeah. pop band on there. It's just, oh. <laughs> it's like, just, it's just like counterparts and hyperpop. Counterparts and hyperpop. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, you guys are pretty, uh, 
pretty in the vein, and I don't think this is like out of line. You guys are pretty in the vein of like four years strong or like a day to remember, but like a little bit poppier, you know, like that type of stuff. Kind of remind me of like set your goals a little bit too with some of like the, like the, but more, I don't want to say like more produced, but like more, it's like less linear than those types. I think like you guys do, there's like a lot more changes and there's a lot more like technical nuance in your guys' song structures. Thank you, man. I think that's pretty sweet. Um, Definitely like kept your producer busy. Like I was listening to some of these songs and there's like just like so many details in all these different parts and I that I thought were really cool because you probably realize this, but like when you're in a genre like pop punk and using that to describe or like post hardcore using those two like larger umbrellas to just kind of like vaguely categorize you you got to do something to like make yourself stand out you know what i mean and i think you yeah thank you man it's uh yeah i know we're recording right now but do, do you do like an intro or something or are we just flying right now fucking fire dude Fucking what's good. All right. Yeah, no, I guess that, that whole uh, having to label ourselves like this one or that one, it's kind of, it is limiting in necessarily in a way. I mean, like we have, we have like a, like a solid rock song on the record with vacant sentiment, you know, it's not, it kind of sounds pop punk and punk in a way just because we're playing it, but it's a right. rock song. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, uh, like, and then you go flip that to a song like Loyalty, where it's like, this is like a post-hardcore song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned For You Strong, because, like, Connor and I do most of the songwriting, and we do not listen to For You Strong. Yeah. <laughs> like, we never have. It's 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 so funny well, to... It's just like, I, mean, I think it's just like heavy, heavy influences kind of under the pop punk lens and i think that's what four year strong was doing too same thing with the well, day to remember yeah and that's you know who else like didn't listen to four year strong was four year strong and then they came yeah. up with like you know what i mean so it's like you like different there's so many different avenues to like arrive at like a similar destination and but it's always going to be like your own thing which is kind of what you guys have done um and with that's what I was getting at before was like, you know, with all these different influences you have, is that something where you like purposefully try to force yourself into listening to things outside your genre? Or do you feel like naturally that's kind of just where your mind's been at? Uh, just naturally. That's just kind of where my mind goes, where all of, uh, like what, that's just the stuff I want to listen to plain and simple, really. Yeah. Like some newer pop punk bands that I actually do and listen to, but not nearly as much as all the other stuff would be like, you know, uh, Hot Mulligan, Heart Attack Man. Um, I still like the story so far so a lot, a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's always going to be like those old direct influences, right? But uh, yeah, I really, really grew up on like. like metals with guitars the steady pensive solo is like my favorite on the record for sure did you ever see uh
uh, Kill Switch Live. Yeah. Like, I saw them at Warp Tour one year, and their singer just completely just commanding. Oh, man. It's, 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 it sounds so huge. And he's like this huge fucking dude, too. It's yeah, man. Like, Did you know oh, Howard's awesome. actually not singing for them anymore? Or they went back with their original vocalist, Jesse? Really? Yeah. And here's the thing. But, but that's that's not where it ended because uh, Howard just couldn't keep up with the tour lifestyle, so Jesse came back. Mm. And then they just released a song with both of them on it. Oh, shit. That's I love I love that. Like, the camaraderie in, in the video, you could tell that they yeah. both, you know, like, everybody in that room just loving it. Yeah, like, that reminds me, when I was the, the last Blood Fest I was at, um... Norma Jean and the Chariot were both playing, and then like the original singer for Norma Jean is like the singer for the Chariot now, and he like came out and did a song with Norma Jean, and it was just fucking everybody just went ape shit, right? And I, it's so crazy, yeah. But yeah, it's just so good when you see bands like. I think the natural inclination is to assume that there's some sort of beef or there's some sort of like weirdness. Or something. So it's so nice when they just kind of put that to bed, and they, they you realize like, yeah, there's there doesn't have to be an issue. Like when bands have lineup changes, and you can just bring people back, and it can just be fun, right? Right. Yeah. Do you guys think that, um, you know, with you listening to like different shit now, do you do you find that? Do you feel like you have to keep being a certain type of band, or do you feel like if you really wanted to, you could like? which genres or like come at it with a completely different style and just say fuck it or are you like nervous about like keeping a particular fan base or like I guess we have lots of that well more or less at the root of it all I want to be able as calling all captains to walk into a room with two guitar amps a bass amp a microphone and drums and still be able to play a full set yeah, I, we. I think that's like the root of it all is that we want to still be able to all play music, like at the you know, like it's like almost like dry, like super raw. We want to be able to still be raw and not have or rely on like backtracks, you know, bass productions, um, electronic elements, this or that, right? We yeah. uh, not to knock on it or anything, but you know, worst comes to worst, the show must go on. We still have to be able to provide that. Yeah, you know, so I think that's I think that's great for especially rock music. Like, and I think it's cool that you can have some of like the more produced elements on the records and like these little, not necessarily <laughs> structural changes, but just like obvious, like where there, there's trans transitions and the producer is clearly doing something with like. EQ or tone or whatever, but doing it, it allows you to, if you're not worrying about that live, you can just give a more like raw, like a more like rock show type performance. And I think that, you know, yeah, dude, like it gives fans something different. Like they're not hearing a carbon copy of the record necessarily. It's like more capturing the energy of like be just being in the room. I think that's pretty, yeah, man, like that. So and and then I also have my my side project too. Like I have hyperpop songs and shit, right? So like if I want to write weird shit, I'll go write weird shit over there. But yeah. CAC at our bare roots is like a nice good old punk rock band. You know, we we love to be able to step into the shittiest venues with like one amp <laughs> with one PA speaker and then still be able to rock. 
Yeah. And I think that's also a sign of just like a song being good too. Like if it can be stripped down and it, it can be or like or even like rearranged or, you know, but it still be good. Yeah. You know, I mean if you if you're relying on production elements to make the song like passable or listenable. Mm-hmm. You know, because Tim, our uh, drummer, he's actually a really, really good piano player. And whenever we're writing demos for songs, he likes to transpose like the chorus to piano. Because if you can transpose the chording and the vocal melody to a piano and it sounds good, that's when you know the song is good. Yeah. You know, it's like if it sounds good when it's on the piano, because like the piano is a very honest instrument. And if it sounds bad, it'll sound bad. Sometimes yeah. you can't hide behind distorted guitars and this or that. So we really try and pay attention to like the melodies and, and chords because at the end of the day, you need a solid foundation and hook for people to even enjoy it, right? Yeah. No, 100%. Um, another thing, random, but just listening to your music a little bit, like I'm just background to like, I, the reason I started this podcast is because like I'm in a band and like I just wanted to have conversations with other band people and like make connections and just like kind of just shoot the shit about shared experiences and stuff. So Word. that's the bit of background I'll give you. But like, so like I'm the singer, guitar player of my band, and I've been noticing that as we've like picked up, started playing more gigs and stuff, I lose my voice and I'm not very good. I'm still figuring out how to like maintain my voice over like if we're playing two in a row or something like that. And you probably have a way harder time of that than me, or maybe you did in the beginning trying to figure it out because of just the nature of how you sing. So I'm curious, like from like a singer to another, what do you do to like take care of your voice? Like, have you found any things that work for you over time? Man. Oh, fuck. One thing I'll say is warming up. Now I don't yeah. know if you I don't know if you do the whole warm up and like the na 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 na. I don't know if you do that whole bullshit, but you should. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because you no know, matter how which way you slice it, um, even in punk, your voice is going to be your instrument, and and you have to treat it like one, right? You always got to practice. Now the reason you practice those scales is not to memorize the scales and this or that. It's to get your voice used to singing every note in your, in your scale. Not, you're not just singing your same um, five that you choose when you play the song, right? You're not just singing the stuff in your song. You're actually using your voice to go all where it should be. Yeah. Now, I recommend this fellow. His name is Jeff Rolka. Oh, okay. This is... What the full, this is what we use before we go on stage. Me, Brad, and Connor, we uh, do vocals live, and we always do his tenor warm up in full before we go out on stage or until we're feeling good. Fucking literally writing that down right now. Yeah, man. It's honestly been a lifesaver. And like, I was never, I wasn't the lead vocalist of this band, bro. I was the drummer. And when we moved me up to vocals, it was such a demanding process that I did like two of his videos a day and then I would sing the full set. And I did that every single day, pretty much. I'm not even kidding you. Every single day for five, six months before we went on tour. And that was my 
that was my hard work because, you know, the other boys have been playing the tunes as CAC with me on drums for like four years. And now I had to catch up for four years of practice to become the vocalist of the band, right? Yeah. And I, I just did backups. And so that was a pretty demanding process. But if there's a will, there's a way. I hate, yeah. it, I hate, to, I hate to say it, but you know what? It's the only thing that's preventing you from getting better is yourself. You just gotta, you gotta, if you want better, then go get it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but what I'm going to say about that too, the biggest thing about long sets or keeping your endurance up is uh, really focus on how you're singing. If your throat is getting sore, bad. If your abs and tummy is sore, you're doing good. Yeah. And it, I don't know if you know, um, let's see if you, let's see if I can put this into ways. Um, go, go make an F sound. Yeah. No, no, no. Like really like with your full, full body, go like you're about to say fuck, but like, just go. Yeah. You, you, do you feel it right here in your tummy? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that's actually what it's supposed to be feeling like with all your notes. No it's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to feel really, really strange at first once you try and start to use your uh, so your tummy muscles more because yeah. that's where all of it kind of comes from. It's um, for like for my screaming, I, I am not doing lots. I'll be honest, like I'm just like talking as this and then I wanted to be. Okay, I haven't sang today, so hold on. I'm just going to mute myself so I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So like for me, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm back. So for screaming, I'm not really, you know, it sounds like I'm really going hard, but right, I'm just, right. I'm just sound, I'm using a little bit amount of air, but I'm controlling myself and using my muscles down below. It's like, Oh, oh whoa! but I can, yeah. that's not a lot of air, right? Um, right. Or it, it is a lot of air, but it's not a lot of effort. Like vocal strain. Yeah. 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 I'm not straining. It's just technique. And that kind of goes along the lines with any type of vocals you're going to be doing, right? Like, I, I haven't heard your band, but I'm a severe punk or like hardcore style. It, it is demanding to be going for, you know, doing your 20 to 30 minute sets, right? But our release show, I had to do an hour. I had to do a yeah. full, like we played the full record and our full EP minus one song. So yeah. that was a really demanding thing for me and um you know i had i had mess ups on stage i ain't gonna lie you know like nobody oh dude yeah nobody's a god but the biggest thing is just practicing you know you really want to make sure that you know what you're doing and if it starts to hurt stop right simple as that right. if it starts to hurt stop For the love of god stop yeah because you don't want to like completely yeah. fuck yourself over for yeah weeks <laughs> yeah and uh, like after a performance, my voice sounds the exact same. Yeah, that's great. You know? Like I, I luckily we I'm like not a punk band. Like we do, uh, it's more of like indie alternative type shit. Like Elliot Smith or Radiohead. So like that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Like I I uh, I say thanks. You've never even heard it. We could totally suck. But <laughs> but like I do a lot of falsettos. So like I. I'll switch between like I love trying to do like the Tom York Radiohead like falsetto type shit, but then oh, like project, okay. 
really hard different at different times like really okay. like number type shit falsetto is something that i personally thought because i okay i used to sing emo shit back when i was a kid and I, I sang solely in falsetto because I just thought that that's how you're supposed to sing. And yeah. it was so strange. And then um, I figured it out eventually. But falsetto is really, really, really hard on your voice if you do it wrong. It's really? uh, Yes. Because falsetto, it's almost whispering. Like it's, you're using almost yeah. the same muscles as whispering. And whispering is actually bad for your voice. You should not be whispering for a long periods of time. So falsetto, falsetto is like, yeah, you got to use your head voice, but try and try and squeeze your tummy muscles now when you do falsetto. When you get to practice, it's like, yeah, just 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 feel feel it in your tummy. Yeah, you know, like that's the one thing going forward with the with the vocals is make sure you sing in the tummy and. This is the craziest thing. Did you know your body would breathe for you? You just have to let it. You don't know. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. it's so crazy. It's like if you exhale all if you exhale all your breath and just don't think about breathing, but let yourself breathe for you, notice your tummy is going to expand first. Mm. Yeah, like even like doing meditation and stuff like that. You're supposed to mm -hmm. your breath coming up from your diaphragm and then like holding it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's where that's yeah, that's where the power comes from. Yeah, um, it's interesting. I've never even really thought about the falsetto stuff. Like I, I know about the diaphragm. It's different. Like I, I'd be lying if I said I always remember to do it. I, I need to practice more. I get lazy, but it's like I'll remember to do it when I'm just practicing singing, but then like I have the guitars and the two pedal boards and all this shit that I'm like trying to think about, trying to play everything. And sometimes I'll find myself singing. Yeah. Middle of a set. I might even fuck up because I was thinking like, oh shit, I gotta remember to use the diaphragm. But then that thought'll fuck yep. me up. Wrong note or something. Yep. <laughs> you know? Another thing too is that I don't know how you end up practicing, but do you make do you get make sure you get the guitar down like second nature before you attempt the vocals? Usually it's down before I even start writing vocals. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's good because it's learning trying to le trying to learn both at the same time is like super oh, tough. Oh, fucking nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nightmare. Yeah, I. I but yeah, you know, it's a. It is a challenge to be you know like doing a double vocal thing, but. Um, it's you know I. The more luckily, you think about it, the more. It's, it's kind it's of harder. Fun. Yeah, yeah, you want to not thinking. You want to be like in a flow state where it's just kind of happening. Like everything is second nature, like you said, and it's just kind of like happening through you, and you're just up there. You like turn the switch on, and then it just starts happening, rather than like, yeah. oh, I need to think about all these things. And that's where practice comes in. And luckily, you know, I feel completely obsessed with with our songs, and so it's not a big deal. I've never really felt like music was any was much work. It was just something that I, that took time, but it never felt like tedious or work. You know what I mean? It's just like even when That's you were weird. singing all those songs for six months, like, yeah, you know, there's a certain level of like duty involved in it. Like you need to get better because like your band's relying on you and shit. But also it's not like the worst thing in the world either, because at the end of the day, like you're singing, you're playing music and it's like, yeah, man. And you know what? All of my favorite heroes had a training arc. You know what I mean? Like, so. 
Yeah. So it, it all comes around. Yeah. It's different when you realize it's your time to be doing that. Like, right. it feels, it feels like it's going to be so much more like, like, you know, something you read in a Wikipedia article for one of your heroes and you read that they did it or something. And then when it's happening to you, it, it's hard for it to feel as significant, but that's something I have to remind myself is like, yeah, like if someone wrote a Wikipedia about my life in 10 years, this would be a, probably a really important part of it that, uh, that feels yeah, like man. almost nothing. You know what? And that's the thing too, is that don't forget to pinch yourself, bro. Make yeah. like, don't, don't forget to remind yourself what, what it's like when you're, you know, probably a young little boy like myself at 12 years old, thinking about just dreaming about playing in a punk band. Never mind being, yeah. signed, never mind being signed or anything, just being able to do that, you know? Yeah. No, I'd actually, I do, I do try to think about that a lot. Cause like, uh, you know, three years ago, I, hadn't really written a maybe i'd written like half of one song that's on our record and now thinking about how far away from everything i felt back then and like how you know just inconceivable it would be to like even have a record out was you know compared that to now like because right now like relatively speaking i got my own set of problems now and i got my own set of things that seem out of reach now but you know we got. I wrote a record out coming out in like a week, and all the shit is just done. It's it's there. It's recorded. It's uploaded. It's just got to come out, and like it's it's nerve wracking. It is, but also it's like, fuck, man. Like I did it. Like I even if no matter what happens, no matter like how it does or whatever, it's like I did it. I did that thing that I wanted to do, and now the fucking whatever's going to happen now is going to happen. Yeah. You push it as hard as you can. And yeah, you, you hit the road and blah, blah, blah. But it's like compared to where I was, like you said, you got to pinch yourself and enjoy like even the accomplishment of doing something at all. Yeah, man. It's, you it's can't. so easy to get caught up in what's next that you, you got to yeah. take time to figure out like, you know what, what you got, you got to be grateful for it. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it can't always be about, accolades and like milestones or, or like you know like tangible accomplishments or is it part of it always has to be i think about just the fact that you get to do it like you said just like when you're a kid just dreaming about even the opportunity to do it like that has to mean something like it can't all be about like you know are we going to get this much attention or are we going to get this number of streams or, or are we going to get this tour or whatever at a certain point it still has to be about like the fact that you're even in a position to be wanting these things and right. have real goals, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to take for granted when you're in the fucking thick of it, you know, Yeah. because you have to be in the thick of it. You have to be going after it and it has to consume a lot of your energy, but it, like you said, it's, it's good to like kind of remind yourself. Yeah, man. Don't forget to look behind you. Let's see how far you've walked. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, that's the thing is that you ever, okay. Have you ever went for a walk and you just start walking and you're, and you're having a great time. You're walking, you're walking, you're walking. And then you, then you think to yourself, huh, I want to go home. And you turn around and you realize how far you actually walked. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So walking forward can, you know, it can get you caught up. Don't forget to look back and, check the distance you've made because that shit's 
Shit can be surprising sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, dude. And kind of on that note, um, you know, I'm curious, like, you know, I like talking to bands, like, once they've achieved, like, a decent amount of success, which, like, I'm sure you guys feel that you have a long way to go in terms of where you want to be long term. But, you know, Equal Vision Records is no fucking nothing to shake your head at. That's pretty awesome, dude. And so, yeah. first of all, I couldn't congrats on that. That's really awesome. But thank you. When taking some steps back, when was it that you started to feel like, were there any points or milestones that were smaller, but it made you start to really like believe that where you're at now was something that was like achievable? Well, when we when we switched over singers, it was pretty tough on me. I ain't gonna lie, because there was a lot of pressure I had to live up to. But the first show we played after releasing our first EP with nothing with Equal Vision, we were in Ohio. No, we were in Idaho. Sorry, we were in Idaho, and literally. Like seven days after Fool's Gold came out, there were some kids there, they were singing along, and I cried on stage, and I was like, you know what? There wasn't a lot of people there that night. There was only about 15, 20, but yeah. they were singing. And that shit fucked with me so hard on stage, you know, because yeah, that was yeah. really like the moment that, you know, it felt like this is the moment that people talk about, you know, where first show there you know 15 people next time you come there's 50 next time you go there's 150 next time you yeah. go there's 300 you know what i mean it's it it's all a slow crawl and when you start planning and seeing these little seeds of support in communities it really really makes you feel like this there's a real chance you know yeah I, it was really heartbreaking for me to hear like one of my favorite bands, like the the Swellers. Yeah, I, I don't know them personally. Dude, Nick Diener produced my record. Amazing. See, yeah. like I don't I don't know them personally, but I know that the Swellers were so underrated, and they yeah. all worked. They all worked separate jobs, just trying to make it work. And they pushed the band for a long time, and they never quite like broke out. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't break out. And achieve the like, support. Oh, Nick but, you know they you didn't. They didn't. Thing. They didn't quite get grandfathered in with you know neck deep and knuckle puck and all of the great other like punk bands, right? Yeah. And I always, in the back of my mind, worried about that. But we just got to write some tunes and just keep playing. You know, making yeah. sure because like no matter what, we're always going to be heavily involved with music. We all love it, eat it, breathe it. And, yeah. you know, success isn't really the goal of this, but it's just sure nice to not have to work <laughs> another job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, dude, that's that's crazy that you bring up the Swellers, though, because like that's when I uh, I went to the same high school as their singer, uh, Nick. And man, like when I was um, when I was in eighth grade, he was a senior. And so I was like this little punk kid and the Swellers were like the band from my town that made it you know? And, um, so like when I set out to make a record, I, you know, I knew that Nick was, was making records and he lives like an hour from my parents. So 
I hit him up and it was like this full circle moment in my life. I'm where, so fucking jealous. Yeah. It was, oh. Dude, he's like, he, he's like a buddy now. Like we'll send like pro wrestling memes back and forth. Oh. <laughs> Man, you have, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to keep myself. I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd be able to handle meeting any of the swellers. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Dude. Nick is just, to me, he's like a dad. You know, like, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, like, like band dad, you know, yeah. just like taking you and be like, hey, oh, yeah, but yeah, you, like- you know what? I, I can't explain to you how much of the Swellers music like actually influenced us, like that's crazy, awesome. you know, yeah, like, yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, the thing is, too, but like Nick will tell you the same thing, like, he was telling me about like the Swellers arc and about how there's there are like bands bands and then there's fans bands. And then he described the swellers as like a definite bands band where mm. ramen never really gave them the same support that they did. Some of the other bands at the time that, you know, they got on like a Paramore tour. They got to tour the, the, the whole world basically, but like they never really got supported the same way as like a newfound glory or, or something like that. Yeah. And, but Nick's fucking living the dream still. I can tell you that. Like, he's got a studio in his basement. He makes pedals. He's got two kids. You know, he's he's chilling, dude. He's living the, the life. <laughs> I um, that. Excuse me. You know what? I'm really... It just makes me so happy to hear any of this because you can't just Google information about, you know, like, right. people, you know? So, fuck yeah. You know, and especially because, like, I'm from Edmonton, Canada. There's, like, not a lot of people keep up with bands up here yeah no i um uh, yeah you should his instagram is uh it's called wonder effects like o-n-e-d-e-r he makes pedals and he like they're good they're like bomb ass pedals that he makes and, really uh, yeah so like he's he's like a good follow like his his marketing is really funny like he's always like posting photos of his of his kid like with his pedals what's it called shit. wonder what under effects and it's it's o n e d e r effects and yeah yeah he's cool as fuck dude and i'm i'm definitely going to make my next record with him too like it's it's so easy to work with a dude and and even even being our record is nothing like some of the you know stuff that he's done it's it's completely more like you like i told you like it's alternative indie like ambient emo type shit but he was all about it. Like he was super easy to work with. This is like a unpaid advertisement for Nick Diener <laughs> and Wonder Studios. Oh man, but, I could fan, I could fan out all day. Yeah, no, dude. It's yeah. That's he's gonna like. I'll tell. I'm gonna tell him that. Like, <laughs> I basically interviewed his biggest fan. He'll get a kick out of it. Oh man, uh, dude. I'll tell him. Tell him Luke and Connor from Calling All Captains. This is a fucking. Oh, I, dude. I definitely oh. will. I'll, I'll text him, dude. He'll yeah. Oh. He'll, he'll think that's awesome. Also, yeah. a big jackass fan. <laughs> oh, sick. he's a big jackass and pro wrestling fan. That's that's fun. I love jackass. Yeah, pro wrestling dude Nick in our band. He's a big pro wrestling guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you want to talk pro wrestling, you bring him on the podcast next. I was when I was a kid. Like I haven't stayed up to date on it. Like early two thousands, late nineties was like my prime of watching that shit, and I was just completely invested you know 
every single like SmackDown, Raw. I was that was like appointment viewing for me. Like even WCW, I was just all the fucking about it. And then once like The Rock was kind of out of it, or like you know Stone Cold wasn't really into it anymore. I don't know. It just naturally, I didn't think it wasn't still cool. Like I still think it's fucking sweet, you know. But I just like stopped watching it naturally. I guess. Yeah, just kind of you didn't stint, not necessarily grew out of it, but just had your time with it. Yeah, yeah, just kind of you know, like you don't even notice, like you find other interests, and then the other ones kind of get pushed aside, and you don't even realize it's happening until. Dude, I know I haven't even touched my yo-yo in so long. Oh, you used to yo-yo, huh? Dude, I used to yo-yo big time, like fucking yeah. fixing. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. I had some, I had some top tier moves. Let me tell you. Do you, uh, do you? Speaking of like, kind of like other interests, like when you guys are on tour or something, do you? Is there anything like a favorite activity that you guys like to do, like outside of music, like when you're in a new town? Uh, not really. Or, may- or maybe like, is there? Uh, we all, we all like breakfast. We all we yeah. always we always get breakfast. And no matter we'll eat we'll eat mud for for supper, but we ball out for <laughs> breakfast. That's good. That's probably yeah. that's probably honestly the way to go because playing you usually will end up being at a gig or like having to play a show around dinner time anyways. It's no guarantee that you're gonna get any good food. You know, and, it's obviously gonna be yeah, and you don't want to rush supper. Just fucking shove it down your face because you got to go on in fifteen. Right, right. And you don't want to have like <laughs> your stomach Dude, rumbling. Bro, yeah. I did that one time. I had a nice bowl of lobster ramen. I didn't think nothing of it, and then the fellas are like, "Dude, we're on in 20. I was like, "Ah." <laughs> so I, I remember I played the show, and right after, just blue chunks, wasted all the uh, food. Damn, gone. Yeah. Well, yeah, because if you're singing the correct way, as we've learned, you're using a lot of your. I wasn't at the time. (laughs) This, you know what? Like, well, I was at the time, but like my stomach, oh, it's like I didn't even realize. And not only that too, but I wasn't drinking lots of water. But during the performance, I drank too much water, and I was jumping around, and I started to make myself super nauseous. I had ramen soup and a bunch of water and like lobster. And then we're eating lobster in the prairies, you know, how, how, what kind of journey did that lobster have to get there? Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's a, that's a critical error, actually. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. We all take L's. Yeah. <laughs> you won't make the same mistake again, or maybe you will. Who knows? Depends on how good the lobster was. You might have to go back for it. Maybe. Maybe. But, uh, what about like, um, what's the, uh, Maybe is there any, have you like played anywhere that like certain like far from home that was surprisingly great like cities that you never been to that you were like maybe didn't have a lot of expectations or just like favorite places to play away from home? Hmm. You know what? One of the most one of the best times I ever had playing a show was um, in the UK. We played a house in Southampton. Oh, that's tight. And, you know, we were loading into a house in the UK, and I was like, damn, what kind of show is this going to be like? You know what I mean? Like, you have no expectations. 
and um, you know everyone's everyone's smoking rolled cigarettes and shit. Like <laughs> you know, <laughs> every the okay, one of the one of the things about the UK that always struck me a little funny was you know how when we greet each other we'll be like yo what's up yeah and then that you know just carry on right they'll go hey you all right <laughs> and that's their version of what's up yeah and so like it's really funny to, because like when we ask that it's kind of a serious question yeah yeah for sure you know so it took me a little bit to get used to that having people come up to me you know like i'm an emo kid right like maybe i yeah. look sad sometimes and yeah. so I'm just having random people coming up to me being like, hey, you all right? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, do I look <laughs> do something? Do I look bad? Do I look sad? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, there's just like little different customs things. And that was one of the moments where I was like, damn, I am so far away from home. And people fucking with the shit. Yeah, dude, I get that. Yeah. That would probably be pretty sweet, though. Just like kind of the idea of just being in a house. Like that's the that's the type of shit I would want to do. Like if I was playing overseas, I would want to more than like playing a venue. I would want to see what, like what their DIY like house show culture is like because that's kind of like where we're coming up in like you know currently. You know we'll play how we'll play venues, but like you know we're we're not big enough to wear yeah, house like here and there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I mean, you know, would I rather play a venue? Fuck yeah, but like. Over there, dude, get me into a house. Get me to a basement. That's fun. Like that is yep. that's some shit I want to experience before I die. You know what I mean? You can play a million bars, you know, but just kind of seeing and interacting with the people like on that level. Yeah. Like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. What is it? Do you guys um I mean being from Canada, uh, do you do you find that it's fairly similar over here in in the States, like in terms of like the type of community or like that, the people like at shows, like how they kind of interact. I'll say it's dead ass the same. The only problem with Canada is everything is so fucking far apart, man. Yeah. You know, like instead of driving two, three hours to the next big city, it's like six, five, eight hours. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what makes touring Canada a bit tougher. Um, and there's just less people in Canada. So when you, when you tour, when you tour the States, you have the opportunity of having more bands to call upon more venues to play more cities to hit, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying it's barren up here, but it's like, it's, uh, more vast and not as, yeah. Yes. I get that. How far up is is, uh, Edmonton? Let's see. I know it's like it's it's on the it's uh Alberta, right? It's like Vancouver, yeah. same province. Yeah. Um but no Vancouver is the province over. Here, let me uh I know you don't learn about this in, in school, so let me show you. <laughs> Let's oh see. fuck. Let's change this. Hold on. Um terrain. Transit. Oh, yeah, you're up there. Okay, yeah, here we go. So, yeah, there's British Columbia. That's BC. That's over here. That's where Vancouver is. Vancouver is almost on the border to... um, It is on the border almost to America. Yeah. Your guys is LA, basically, is what I've heard. Or, like, your guys is, like, liberal. I'll say, yeah, you know what? Like, 
Vancouver's our LA, Toronto's our New York. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. Toronto, yeah. I've a band, uh, one or two bands from Toronto, and like, I, it sounds pretty sweet. Like, I, I somehow I've never been. It's, Toronto's only like three hours from my, from where I live in Detroit, and I've still had there. Yeah, but you want to know something crazy well, about where I live? Yeah, we're on the same lat, lat or longitude or latitude or whatever the hell is uh, Siberia. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> it gets cold here. It gets minus forty here. Oh my god, dude! And That's did you know what? minus forty Fahrenheit and Celsius meet together? They're like, oh, uh, this shit's freaking cold, cold. It's so cold that it doesn't even matter. It's just minus. Yeah. 40. It doesn't matter. It's just minus 40. Yeah. <laughs> that blows. Holy shit. Right? Like warm ass coats, dude. I hope so, anyways. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to get back to the music real quick because you know, I'll probably run another 15, 20, and I want to uh, give you a chance to talk about this record that you guys uh, slowly getting better. Do I get that right? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, with that record, one, is there, I like asking about this, is there a theme to it? And if there is, was it planned or did you kind of like realize it after the fact? And kind of what, well, let me just ask that first and then I'll ask another question. So, like, is there a theme to it? And if there was, like, kind of was it planned or what would you say it's like about if you had to? All right. Well, we, we come up with the name Slowly Getting Better um, by putting all of our lyrics from like the ones that we had for the new record and stuff that we had from Nothing Grows Here and put them all into like a word bubble. Mm. And um, the ones, the words that stuck out, Connor's girlfriend actually pointed it out. We were chilling and Slowly Getting Better came up. And, huh. and it's kind of funny to look on that because that was around 2018 2019 you know we were just finished up nothing grows here we were writing for the new record we um figuring out what to call it we never we didn't choose final songs yet you know what i mean we just had our fucking demo of tw- like 25 plus songs and then we just kind of just whittled away you just really took a step back listened to some songs and you know like is this a good song or is it a bad song and then after we had decided on our good songs we decided you know like what's gonna go together like we know we want to have a diverse record but we want to be able to sound like us the whole time yeah and so like we we have the heavy stuff you know we have softer parts of tunes we have just straight up pop punk parts right and yeah. um that all just came with uh kind of filtering down and kind of deciding on what kind of musical journey we can put on put everybody through because if you listen to it front to back we really tried to give a nice flavor and segue into each record and that's why we put laurel canyon right first i think in laurel canyon you'd probably feel and get all of the stuff you'd feel from um, the other songs in the record. I got yeah. You know? So, like, we have, like, a softer intro. You know, we have, like, the fucking classic tambourine chorus. We got a big 
bridge, soft bridge, and then a breakdown screaming, right? Yeah. We really tried to, we really tried to put it all together. And not only that too, but Laurel Canyon was the first song we wrote for this record. So that makes sense. Like you're like, if it's the first song you wrote for it, you're probably like really wanting to get all of those elements into a song because it's like, you don't have all the other stuff. So you really want to like naturally just like get as much as you can into it. Like you're so fresh and like, you're so ready to like write all these different things. Mm -hmm. Ideas are just coming from everywhere. And then after you write that song, you kind of have all that shit out of your system a little bit, or at least like controlled to where you can maybe like focus the sound a little bit more. And like, yeah. And then with each new song that we kind of wrote, um, your songs will influence yourself as well. You know, it's, uh, and that's the thing too, is that the wasted, um, first verse was actually our song fool's Hold's first or intro, you know, like that was the original demo. So ah. we reduce, reuse, recycle. You know, sometimes yeah. lyrics don't fit the first time. Bring them back, and hell yeah, yeah. And in terms of like uh, lyrical themes, uh, do you find that like there's like a through line with the record, or is it just kind of like a just, scattered uh, drugs, death, and introspective? Thoughts. Yeah, yeah can't really go wrong with those there's that's like an endless well of inspiration those topics <laughs> honestly yeah like we've never been i've never been one to write relationshipy type songs you know we we had a co-writer for our song vacant sentiment which is which is a lot of relationship stuff and to you know um Taioji, dan carrier they helped us write it um and then laurel canyon connor wrote that about my relationship the motherfucker it's kind of funny it's like (laughs) yeah he's been in this nice he's been in a relationship for like nine years but i i keep you know it's uh sometimes i sometimes i fail here and there and he decided (laughs) he decided to write a little tune about that but i really like to kind of dive into myself and kind of see what makes myself tick how can i write about it yeah no i know what you mean um I think to kind of relate to it a little bit, I, when I was writing my, uh, the lyrics for my record, like I was just not really, I, I was definitely trying to not, the only thing I was really trying to do was to not write about like love or girls, things like that, you know? Yeah. There's it so was, much more to being a band than being like, Ooh, she broke my heart. Yeah. But and dude, I mean, not to knock that type of writing either, right. you know? Right. But also, like, especially being up like a punk, pop punk band, I feel like you have to be extra careful not to do that because it's it's such a trope. It's such a thing that some of those pop punk bands do that is yeah. right. You know I'm saying you don't want to be like another one of the same thing. Like if you're like, like I said, beginning, like you have to do shit to stand out anyways, but especially in a genre where like there are more stereotypes than maybe other genres I have to like do shit to stand out. And I feel like you guys do that sonically. And for the fact that you try to do it lyrically too, I think can only help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Plus it's yeah. more interesting. It's, it's less it has, songs will have a longer shelf life for you to even enjoy playing them. I feel like if you're writing about shit, that's more like intriguing and introspective. Yeah. Like, 
pull out some of my lyrics from the record. It's like, tell my mama that I'm sorry because I'm high again. Too yeah. bad, really. And then I got another one. It's like, I'm smoking backwards, getting fucked up and faded. Nice. It's like, yeah. I, you, I just, I just, you know, some of our lyrics, I bet, probably seem a little funny. It's like, undone starts like, how you going to come up on out here? I like, like that who, though. <laughs> like who talks like that? I, I like I actually talk like that. Like I talk man. Yeah. You know, like it's it's uh so all of our lyrics they may see, seem uh like I, I'm not really too too metaphor y. I'm just like if I'm gonna write about how I'm sad, I'm be like, man, I'm sad. Here's why. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's <Yeah>. why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the transition. Here's why. Yeah. Chorus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, John Mess from Dance Gavin Dance. Like a lot. Oh of my god, are just so straight up, just like, just almost like hip hoppy with some of the shit he says. Like you know, he just uses his like slang jargon in his lyrics. I think that, that's dude. That's how hilarious. I'm trying to be. Dude, that's how I'm trying to be. For real, for real, for real. And you feel like your band is like behind you on that too? Because I think it's sweet. Like I think it's, it's dude. They are. They are for sure. I mean, like it made it in the record. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I remember we were all sitting there one time, and I was like, you know what, boys? Here's a song called "Wasted," inspired by Juice World. And <laughs> I say backwards, getting fucked up and faded, and they're like, "All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see about see. this." We'll see about this. <laughs> and then, but we, it, it made it through the filters. And then, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this is, uh, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. Win. Yeah. It, it was, dude, it was a huge personal win. Cause like, I want to <laughs> be able to like really connect with my own songs. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Dude. I get that. Like, have you ever had anything where. I guess this gets to a bigger question of like, what's your guys' process of writing as a band? Like, do you have like a sole songwriter that kind of brings the most ideas or is it like really just like everybody kind of throwing shit in and and just like running it through like five different filters? Uh, No, I'd say, you know, like, you know, me and Connor, we're the main songwriters. Sometimes I'll rip a full tune. Sometimes he'll rip a full tune, but we always collaborate in the end. And yeah, um, yeah. once we get a really good foundation, we keep the drums super simple. Cause so then, cause we just send the project file to Tim and Tim has his way with our songs and he just fucks it up in a, such a good way, you know? Um, and then, you know, we bring it out to uh, Brad and Nick and then we really finalize the song. Cause they listen, sometimes they'll listen to a song uh, after we've really done lots, lots of work to it. And then yeah. they can look at it. Right? They can look at it like from an outside perspective and be like, "Okay, here we go. Maybe we should do this here and there, you know." And then um, once that's done, we take it to our producer Quinn, and uh, he has his way with our songs as well because he's in um, he's in a really nice, super awesome rock band called Royal Tusk. Our homeboy Quinn Serenkowitz, and uh, he has a real good ear for arrangement and vocal melody and harmony. So lots of our harmonies, you know, we just do third above, third below stuff, but anything outside of those, you know, we add a hand in and really make sure that our harmonies are super tight. You know, sometimes we'll be doing full chords with our voices. So 
that shit, dude. Like that's I uh I definitely can relate. Like I do a lot of like I was listening to a lot of Beach Boys. I was listening to Pet Sounds around the time when I was writing and that record is so full of like these huge like four or five part harmonies. And I love doing that with like I love having like three or four part background like oohs and ahs going on while I have like a doubled main vocal. So it just sounds like this huge, like lush. Of course. Of course. Beautiful. You know what's good. You add that shit into like (laughs) what you guys do where it's like heavy rock music or like punk music, like Oh yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. Live, pardon? You know, take, you can hit it live. Like, take my money, dude. Like, that's the shit. Yeah, the shit. Let's see if I have. Um, I have the multi tracks. Hold on. Word. And I want to see if they're still here. Uh. Beat nice. Um, no, okay. Well, this is the extra vox. I can at least play the bridge, I think. I think, did you mute yourself on accident? No, hold on. Oh, I thought I was. Ooh. I heard it for a sec, and then it that? stopped. No, I I heard it for a second, and then it like stopped. I love that for us. <laughs> yeah, I love this journey. Yeah, I'm texting. I'm texting Nick right now too. I'm letting him know that I'm talking to his biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, yeah. Me, me and Connor, we like, dude. Like, fucking. If we're trying to have like a nice road trip, we immediately start with better things. Oh shit! Yeah, he's gonna love that, dude. Oh man. yeah. What about uh, real quick? Um. One last thing I wanted to ask about the music, and then I have like a question at the end. Um, compared to your first, like compared to your last EP, comparing that to the thing you're putting out now, this full length, like where do you think like some of the progressions have happened, like in your guys' songwriting, or what do you think is different about your guys' sound, if anything? We had more freedom to explore. You know, with the, if you only have five songs, you really have to kind of, you can't stray too far away. You know, you kind of still have to have a well-rounded sound there. But with an album, you have way more room to fill in the sides of the cube, right? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Well, I, think, I think that was probably like, we had the opportunity to write like a fully hard song, you know? And it stayed yeah. hard. It stayed hard the whole time. And yeah. then we had and we had so, uh, the opportunity to write a song that was like you know a bit softer, and it stayed soft. So right. So uh, that's that's really what the the difference between the EP and the album was, and especially because it was our debut EP, we just had to come out of the gate. Every song was like bow 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 bow. Yeah. 
yeah, you wanted to make sure that you really so like left you, an impression. Yeah, and for the album, we wanted to be like, bow, 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 bow. You know, yeah. just yeah. I get that because, like, you, especially with like a full length, because I, I'll be honest, like, I'm debating on even if I want to do full lengths. Like, if you know, we start getting some recognition and stuff and get signed, like, I plan yeah. on that happening, but I also want to experiment with shorter records, but more of them so that, like, I can really just capture like a particular vibe and just hit that for 25 minutes and really get that out of my system the best way possible. And then, Amen. In less time put it and find the next vibe and really explore that and try to play with people's attention spans but what i was getting at is like the way you're describing i think you have to have that on a full length to keep people to get people to keep listening because if it's like the same thing for too long they're just gonna turn it off no matter how much yeah. they like it yeah like I, I like what my favorite thing about the record is that people that really dive in and will listen to the whole thing their favorite song will change week to week because there's just different stuff to go on right yeah no i love that like i and like getting that feedback as like being in a band it's it's i'm sure you can attest to this it's like one of the nicest feelings like when you show people a record and you, you're not sure what people's favorite song is going to be but like different people are giving you all these different answers and it's like all right that's how you know you have something like front to back that's pretty pretty quality you know, yeah. But he's saying the same song. It's like cool. Everybody likes a song. That's good. But also, like, man, I really put a lot of effort into these other ones. But a lot of people aren't really showing that the love. So it's nice to kind of get all those different responses about things. Um, Fuck yeah, man. Let's see. You're damn true. But the last last thing, and then I'll let you go here. But um, now that you guys are kind of you know picking up, definitely like, like I said, equal equal visions. That that's fucking sweet. What, um, I asked this question selfishly and also just for people, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are like in bands who are trying to claw their way. You know what I mean? So what do you think? What's some advice? Like if, if you could even give advice, like you can just base it on your own experience, but like, what are some things that bands should be doing that maybe they wouldn't think about doing that? Like is like almost like maybe you consider like necessary for Okay, one thing that I will absolutely consider necessary in the mindset you need to be in, getting signed is not the ticket. That's not the, it's, it's not a get signed, fuck, everything is all good. Don't worry about it. That's not at all. Once you get signed, the work triples, doubles. You know, it's, you have to be a band worth signing. You know, with or without Equal Vision and New Damage, we'd be putting out this record the same way. We'd be booking the tours DIY, no matter what. We have always tried to consistently, like, what's next? You know, like, we have to, if you want better, then go get it, right? That's the lyric to our song, Chasing Ghosts. And, like, we've been consistently with that mindset that even though we're signed, we still try and work every single possible avenue we can. And just, even though we've put out a full-length record, our debut record, you know, like, that's just number one. We got to keep going. The work's got to triple. Yeah. You know, like if uh, it's not paying our bills yet, so that means we got way more work to do. You know, it's um, one one thing about bands and lots of projects do is that when they get paid at the end of the night, they'll split it up between themselves and then they'll go spend it on whatever they want to, right? 
Yeah. We've never done that. We've never once done that. All of the money that gets paid to the band <clears throat> goes into a band fund. And yeah. once we have that accumulated, then we can pay for things. Right. And we've been able to not pay out of pocket for merch for four or five years now because we've been consistently doing that. Yeah. And that's great. And, yeah. And like it's, um, everybody's got their different situations. But, you know, if you want this to be a career, you got to really treat it like one. Yeah. I think I that's think probably that's- the hardest part about it is, um, kind of the self-discipline you have to have like i've sacrificed a lot for this job or if not for this job but for these opportunities like i've quit jobs that's what i was going to say i've yeah. quit jobs i've quit you know benefit i've quit jobs with benefits for this band to go on tour because they couldn't yeah. accommodate my tour time and you have to really want it you know like if you no matter how bad you want it there's somebody that wants it more and they'll 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 pass you if you just let up even a little bit yeah no, I agree. Uh, oh, know, I'm and oh, build ahead. your resume. I hate, yeah. I hate, I hate, I hate likening um, being in a band to a job. But you know, it's like when you get signed, it's like you finally get the position after touring for five years on end. Because we did, we toured for five years on end, and then only after that we got the opportunity with EcoVision. We put out two DIY EPs. We put out another single and we put out all of that on our own dime and then EcoVision got into the mix and that's when we just had to work extra as hard and then we started to tour even more. We played 150 shows on that um, EP cycle before COVID hit and um, we were trying to do that with this but you know we can't right now just simply because of our location but um Right. You know, we just uh, no, keep trucking on. I no, I think that's legit. And that's it's good to hear because like I'm literally in a position right now where I have a a good job with benefits that I'm will be leaving, you know? Like it's just a matter of just a matter of time. I'll drive for Uber, dude, you know? Yeah, man. It's it's but it's a choice. You have to take the leap. Like I know that I want this more than anything in my life, and I know that a lot of people listening feel the same way. And we're not saying like be irresponsible and stupid about it. Like have a plan, but yeah. like, go for what you want to do, man. Like you're going to die. You know what I mean? Like you yeah, need to just go to do get, the thing. Yeah. Not to get on nihilistic, <laughs> but right. Yeah. You, you know, you right. only get one, you only, you only live once YOLO. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sure. especially, what, yeah. especially in this genre of music, you're only young once. Yeah. Hit it, hit it when you're young. You don't want to be 38 you know, with kids being like, I want to start a band right now, you know, like, man, you know, it's, you dedicate something, plant your roots, let, let it grow and yeah. it'll grow, it'll grow with you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I'll think about that sometimes too, or like, man, I wish I would have started a little bit younger, but I'm writing the music now that I, that I just would be writing anyways at this phase of my life and I'm putting it out there. So like, yeah. It's all good. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally fine. And you, you have to believe in, in what you're doing. Like if you don't believe that you can make it, then you probably like shouldn't really try, you know? Cause if, if you don't oh, believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, and I know it's hard to get caught up in your own feelings like that, but you know, it's, uh, 
there's a reason all like the big stars have those wild success stories where they were telling everybody they're going to be famous and then one day they actually do you know yeah i mean when you want nothing else and you have like single-minded dedication to one thing like and you're good at it only like complete calamity will stop you and like you're you're only limited by your work ethic which is kind of something you said and i say that all the time like if you have the talent you're only limited by your yeah another thing too i'll give advice to some young bands is that if a manager approaches you and wants monthly payments run yeah <laughs> if they sh the best managers work on percentages they're not going to ask for a fee up front you know like et cetera, et cetera. They're, they should believe in you yeah. You know, and not only that too, but don't get a manager until you're at a point where you, they can do things that you cannot. Right. You know, like if you can book your own tours, you don't, you don't, you don't need a, you don't need a tour manager, you know, just fucking go out there. You know, if you can, yeah, if you can get yourself on releases and publishing, you know, just do that shit. You know what I mean? But if you want to get to the next level and you have a big release coming up and you're like, you know, I don't know anybody connects this way or that way. Look up your favorite bands, see who manages them. Hey, take a hail Mary, find their, find a contact, do some Google foo. And, um, <laughs> you know, just, just see if, um, you know, just see what you can do. You know, it's, uh, some, some more often than not finding a manager is sometimes tougher than finding a label. So yeah. just um, keep a chin up, you know, make sure you're not getting walked over and make sure you're, uh, you're not, um, you're not getting too low on yourself that you believe you can't do stuff. Cause you could do a lot. Yeah, I agree, dude. Well, I think that's a good, that's a good spot. Um, I appreciate you coming and real quick, if you want to just like plug where people can find you guys online and, you know, uh, social media. Yeah, where, you know, you can what's up um my name is luke you can find us all on damn near every single social media you just search calling all captains i think we're the only one pretty sure hundo pundo p baby and uh <laughs> check out our full-length record we just dropped it in october it's called slowly getting better um yeah you can find us all on social media by first name then calling all captains if you go to our Instagram page, you can find our link in the bio, which has many more things to offer to you as well. We got music videos and blah, 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 merch store, blah, 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 blah. All the shits. All that shit, all that good stuff. And, you know, maybe pick something up for Christmas, something coming up. We have vinyls that are red and green. Nice. Oh, look at that. All right, dude. Well, hey, man, I...